0: good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We are, well, we are doing something a little different. I just uh, was looking at Proverbs 6 and that's what I'm going to do right now. We're just going to kind of do something a little different. Looking at Proverbs 6, uh, I actually want to read the whole chapter, the whole proverb, chapter 6. It's a Proverbs chapter 6 has a lot of practical things in it, and then it has one big warning um, against adultery in a different way than perhaps we hear everywhere else. So, I'm just going to start here. This is Proverbs chapter 6. Now, I am reading in the Amplified Bible, and I'm going to start in verse 1. My son, if you have become surety if you've guaranteed a debt or obligation for your neighbor, if you have given your pledge for the debt of a stranger or you know another outside of your family, if you have been snared with the words of your lips, if you have been trapped by the speech of your mouth, do this now, my son, and release yourself from the obligation since you have come into the hand of your neighbor. Go humble yourself and plead with your neighbor to pay his debt and release you give no unnecessary sleep to your eyes nor slumber to your eyelids tear yourself away like a gazelle from the hand of the hunter and like a bird from the hand of the fowler so basically he's saying if you have pledged and put up um you know put up uh, a guarantee basically you've signed on to cover someone's debt if they don't cover it So basically you've placed yourself at their mercy. So um, you have placed yourself in a position where you're going to owe that debt if they do not pay it, if they cannot cover it. So he's saying that if you've made this mistake, if you've put yourself in that position, get out of that position as quick as you can because it, it opens you up to this unnecessary and unwanted debt if they do not pay it you know that means you're guaranteeing a debt for someone else and it's something that you don't owe you're not going to get any benefit out of but you you will surely you know pay the debt if, if they do not you are the safety net and they're gonna come you know the bank or whoever is going to come to you when that that person doesn't pay so it's like you've trapped yourself and you're being encouraged to get out of that trap now I would say that this would probably apply to most anyone you should only do something like this for extremely close people that you really know you can trust and even then understand that when you go on a debt for someone like that and you're saying I'm gonna guarantee their debt understand that situations beyond their control could occur and you would still end up responsible for that debt. So you want to make sure that you're not um, guaranteeing the debt of people you don't know that you're going on this with folks that who may even be using you just to get that that loan and get that money and then you know we'll abandon will abandon even trying to pay that back and, and leaving you in the trap, leaving you ensnared so that then you do have to pay for it because you want to maintain your credit you want to keep you know yourself in good standing with the bank so there's a lot to this not to mention, and, and this is a practical thing this is a practical warning so, you know, and he says give your eyes no sleep and your eyelids no slumber, you know, don't don't mess around, don't wait around, get it taken care of, get yourself out of that trap, you know, as soon as you can. Alright, so I'm gonna move to verse 6 here. These are little sections of practical advice, so um, so I'm kind of taking these in little little sections. Go to the ant, O lazy one, observe her ways and be wise, which having no chief, overseer, or ruler, she prepares her food in the summer, and brings in her provisions of food for the winter in the harvest. How long will you lie down, O lazy one? When will you arise from your sleep and learn self-discipline? Yet a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to lie down and rest. So your poverty will come like an approaching prowler who walks slowly but surely. And your need will come like an armed man making you helpless. So, here we're talking about, you know, someone who is who is lazy, who is not working, not uh, making the efforts they need to make in, in life. Now, you can apply this to a lot of things, but here, he specifically, the... Uh, The writer is specifically applying this to, you know, just caring for yourself, taking care of you and your family's needs. You know, we need to be active. We need to be working. We need to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves and our family. We know prepare for the times ahead as best we can. You know, be be saving, not just spending every penny we get, not just living for now all the time. That doesn't mean we want to hoard up either, but we do need to make sure that, you know, here's here's what I always say, more than likely tomorrow is going to be here. So don't spend everything today. You're going to need something for tomorrow. If every morning I get up and look at my bank account and go clean it out so that I can enjoy that one day, what am I going to do the next day? You know, or in this case if we uh, just lay around and sleep and we don't work and we don't do anything to make preparations for tomorrow let's say we decide well I don't need a job so I'm not gonna work and I'm just gonna sit back and rest on my laurels and sleep and take it easy well how long can we do that before the money runs out before uh, we need a job and we need to be working you know um, there's a number of different things here, and you look at, he compares to the ant, the ant, the ant which prepares ahead of time, which you'll see ants, they'll be dragging this little bitty ant, will be dragging this huge piece of something, maybe a maybe a piece of bread or a leaf or something, and they'll be dragging it off because they're going to use that, they're going to take advantage of that resource and use that, you know, and they're working to get those resources and make them available so that they will have something and that's how you know that's how we should be And there there is spiritual application to that too because we don't want to be lazy spiritual and just laying around and waiting for the Lord without actually doing something we're not you know we're not producing or providing or storing up for others to help others and to help um, people spiritually so there is a spiritual application to that as well but just from a practical standpoint we need to make sure that we are actively working to provide for ourselves and for our families. And then, like I said, if you put that on the spiritual side, we need to make sure we're actively providing spiritually and, and making sure that we're, you know, storing up good things spiritually. You know, that we're out working spiritually. That that applies both ways. And that stores up heaven uh, treasures for us in heaven, but it also helps supply us with blessings here. And notice if we don't, if we don't, poverty will come upon us. You know, um, it says here your poverty will come like, now they say like an approaching prowler, and your need will come like an armed man. Um and if you read that in the ESV, it says poverty will come upon you like a robber. In other words, someone will just come up and take your stuff. And want or lack will come up on you like an armed man. And you will want and you will lack, but you will not have. And it takes time to get out of those situations if you let yourself slide down into this this hole of of you know not working and not having. Uh, any resource to build upon or to use to supply your needs and your wants. Alright, so we're going to move on with verse 12. There's a few verses here that go together as well. A worthless person, a wicked man, is one who walks with a perverse, corrupt, vulgar mouth, who winks with his eyes in mockery, who shuffles his feet to signal who points with his fingers to give subversive instruction, who perversely in his heart plots trouble and evil continually, who spreads discord and strife. Therefore the crushing weight of his disaster will come suddenly upon him. Instantly he will be broken, broken, and there will be no healing or remedy, because he has no heart for God. Now this is talking about a kind of a worthless, uh, wicked person who's kind of that kind of that sly criminal who's very tricksy, very um, um, deceitful. If you look at these verses here, um, you know a worthless person, a wicked man who walks with a perverse mouth, meaning they're 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 lying. You know they're lying. There's st- like the- we think of that as, and I hate to pick on. Uh, car salesman I'm sure there are some honest ones out there but uh, we, you know we think of like the the used car salesman who will tell you anything to get you to buy the car you know um, but that could be any salesman okay it could be any salesman who will tell you anything even if they tell you something that's not true so they have a perverse or a corrupt mouth they they have secret signals you know they wink with their eyes and they shuffle their feet they they have these little signals that they pass. They point with their fingers. You know, they do certain little things to be deceptive. You know, it's like a con man, and maybe he's signaling his partner. You know, and they have little signals and little deceits they pull to, uh, to trick you. To, you know, like I say, like a con man. Like a, a con man to, to trick you, to take from you, to steal from you, to deceive you. And, uh, you know, he says here, um, they perversely, they in their hearts, they, they perversely devise evil continually. You know, they're just looking out for them, trying to get things for them, trying to take for themselves. They spread discord and strife because why? It benefits them. You know, it benefits them to have you upset and dis, you know, in discord with others and in strife so that they can take advantage, you know. But, notice what the final final verse says about this type of a person, this type of a con man or deceitful criminal type person. Therefore the crushing weight of his disaster will suddenly come upon him. Instantly he will be broken and there will be no healing or remedy because he has no heart for God. He doesn't look to God or know God. Now he can be forgiven and he can be healed and, and and have that remedy if he will turn to God. But because he has no heart for God, he will just be broken. He will have no healing or remedy. He will just suffer. And it's for his own deceitful choices. It's for his own uh, decisions that that will happen. And that's that's the way things work. Now, there's a few verses here. Now, these verses are pretty, pretty famous, I think, especially nowadays. And we think of these a number of different ways. But uh, um, we're looking at verse 16 down through 19. These six things the Lord hates. Indeed, seven are repulsive to him. A, pr- a proud look, the attitude that makes one overestimate oneself and discount others. A lying tongue and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that creates wicked plans, feet that run swiftly to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, even half-truths, and one who spreads discord or rumors among brothers, or you could think of as among family. So you look at these seven things, a proud look, that, that attitude, that makes you overestimate yourself. That that attitude of like, well, I, you know, don't need anyone. I don't need God. I don't need anyone else. It's just me. I can do it my, on my own. I don't I don't need anything else. And it's a proud look at someone who overestimates themselves, who believe they are the sum of all things, and that they, you know, they're basically kind of their own God, and they, you know they worship at their own altar they they think only of themselves and they are proud of it they are proud of themselves and what they do and they count that as being as being proof that they are totally self-sufficient they don't need or want for anything else they just they will do it themselves they will do everything themselves they will you know And they are superior, okay? It's also, you have to realize it's it's more of a, it's not just pride in themselves, but it's over-the-top pride in themselves where they are superior to everyone else and they just have this haughty pride. It's this, I am superior and everyone else is less than me. They are under me. They are beneath me. And sometimes there are people who believe that and think that way um, simply because, like, they find out you're... Maybe they find out you're a Christian. Oh, you're a Christian. Oh. Well, suddenly they think way less of you. Oh, you're from the South. Oh, dumb hillbilly. You know, they think way less of you. Now, some of that, you'll notice how some of that... Some of that is kind of prejudicial thinking, too. Some of that is, you know... um. Where we kind of just judge someone based on some little thing, like, you know, and it, and it becomes a prejudice. It becomes a, uh, <clears throat> I can't think of the, the other word right now, but anyway, um <clears throat> it's a wrong way to think about anyone to just assume someone and judge them based on some minor little fact, you know. But people do that a lying tongue. Well, of course. God is not going to be in favor of lies and lying. Now, you know, we should be honest and truthful. You know, we should always be interacting with others and being honest and truthful. These people are lying. And plus, you know, he's talking about lying and lying for their own gain of course you know being deceitful to gain for themselves hands that shed innocent blood if we're if people are murdering if we're murdering people if we're killing others and hurting others for and it's really for um, selfish gain if you think about it again this is for selfish gain there is no other reason to be hurting other people or to be shedding innocent, innocent blood A heart that creates wicked plans. And that's someone who devises evil. Again, probably for selfish motivations, they devise evil plans to enrich themselves. Sometimes maybe just to be mean and laugh at others, you know. But nonetheless. Feet that run swiftly to evil. People who are willing to join in evil and just are ready at a moment's notice. Oh, yeah, I will go do that. Like you're going to go play a game of baseball, but they're going to be evil. They're going to rob or steal or hurt someone. And they're quick to do it. Feet that run swiftly to evil because they themselves have allowed themselves to become corrupted and they are evil. They are being evil. A false witness who breathes out lies. So this is someone who is being a false witness, they're knowingly lying. And that that is wrong. That is always going to be wrong. If we are <coughs> knowingly breathing out a false witness, you know, for our own, again, for our own selfish needs, or for, you know, maybe, maybe we think we're helping someone, but we're being dishonest in helping them, um... You know, there are rare exceptions where this might be true, like if you were hiding someone that, okay, if you go back to Nazi Germany and there were some people who were hidden so that the Nazis would not take them away and kill them, if you are lying for something like that, okay, alright, you know, we, we will admit there are times when deceit might be necessary to save an innocent person's life. but. That is an extreme rare occasion. Um, Unless you have some real reason like that, which you wouldn't have in most everyday, common, normal life, you should always be honest, you know. All right. So then... And one, this is this is the final, and one who spreads discord among brothers, or some people will say among the brethren, or among family. Someone who sows discord among a group of people, actually. You could think of it as friends, or family, or both. You know, somebody who does that, and you notice, this goes with the false witness that breathes out lies. And one who sows discord, you know. They do that through rumors, through lies, through half-truths. You know, they do things for a reason. Maybe it benefits them or maybe they just like seeing other people upset and they just want to see them, you know, have this strife and discord. There are, there are folks like that, unfortunately. But we do not want to be any of these people, any of these types of people. We do not want to be. We do not want to have anything to do with these types of things. Because these things the Lord hates. They are repulsive to him. So we don't want to be. You know overly full of self pride. You know. Um, Having some pride in in an accomplishment. I'm sorry. That is fine. But you know. Temper that down a little bit. and, And recognize that. You know God gives us the ability. And the resources. And the opportunities. To do these things. And. If it weren't for God, we wouldn't be able to do these things at all. You know, whatever it is. So we want to be careful that we don't fill ourselves up with too much pride. And we don't want to devise wicked plans or be one of those people that run swiftly to commit evil uh, to join in to a wicked plan. You know, we don't want to be someone who sows discord and rumors and lies and... You know, all of that goes together. We want to be away from all of that. So I'm going to move on. Now, there is a long section here from verse 20 down to verse 35. And this is all about <coughs> adultery. This is just a huge warning against adultery. So I'm going to read all of this. My son, be guided by your father's God given commandment instruction, and do not reject the teaching of your mother. Bind them continually upon your heart in your thoughts and tie them around your neck. When you walk about, they, the godly teachings of your parents, will guide you. When you sleep, they will keep watch over you. <coughs> Pardon me. And when you awa- awake, they will talk to you. For the commandment is a lamp and the teaching of the law is light. And reproofs, rebukes for discipline are the way of life. To keep you from the evil woman, from the flattery of the smooth tongue of an immoral woman. All right, pardon me. Hopefully I've cleared up that frogginess. So we're going to continue on. Uh, Basically, these first verses, you know, are telling you to pay attention to the instruction, the wisdom of your parents, that they are trying to help you and help you avoid, especially this peril here that, that we're talking about, adultery. But... Honestly, our parents, just like God, God gives us the instructions, the Bible, is to help guide us and keep us out of trouble and away from things that are bad for us. And here, he's the uh, proverb writer here is saying the same thing that, you know, keep your parents, you know, wisdom and advice, you know, keep that in your heart. And especially God the Father's advice here in the Bible, make sure you keep that in your heart. And You know, it will help lead and guide you. It is a lamp and is a teaching light, you know, that will help you stay away from these situations. So I'm going to pick up from here on verse 24. To keep you from the evil woman, from the flattery of the smooth tongue of an immoral woman, do not desire lust after her beauty in your heart, nor let her capture you with her eyelashes. For on account of a prostitute... One is reduced to a piece of bread to be eaten up. In other words, to a prostitute or a woman who's looking at you for a gain to make money off of you to use her feminine wiles. Now, it's not necessarily, strictly speaking, always a prostitute. But for a woman who's just trying to use you, okay, she looks at you as a commodity. You're a commodity. You're something to be taken advantage of and you know, to get that money from or to get whatever they want from you and then cast you aside or they're done with you. They use you up and then they throw you to the side. They're just immoral and just after whatever it is. Now, we admit most of the times that it's going to be money. There are times and, and, and chances that it could be not money. It could be something similar or, or something else beneficial. But primarily, we're going to look at this and say it's, mainly money so for someone like that who's looking at you as a commodity just something to be taken advantage of and to be used that's that's how they you know that's how they're going to see you <clears throat> you're you're reduced to a piece of bread to be eaten up and the immoral woman hunts with a hook the precious life of a man so she's hunting she's trying to Hook you in like a fish, you'll notice. You know, she's trying to catch you or snag you and drag you to her. Again, for, you know, to to take advantage of you, to use you up. Not for your own good. Can a man take fire to his chest and his clothes not be burned? Or can a man walk on hot coals and his feet not be scorched? No. You know the, the, the answer here is no. If you, if you play with fire, you're going to get burned. This is the old adage. If you play with fire, if you mess around with it, you're going to get burned. So is the one who goes into his neighbor's wife. Whoever touches her will not be found innocent or go unpunished. People do not despise a thief if he steals to satisfy himself when he is hungry. But when he is found, he must repay seven times what he stole. He must give all the property of his house, if necessary, to meet his fine or his punishment. But whoever commits adultery with a woman lacks common sense and sound judgment and an understanding of moral principles. He would destroy his soul. He who would destroy his soul does it. (coughs) Wounds and disgrace he will find. And his reproach, his blame, will not be blotted out. For jealousy enrages the wronged husband. He will not spare the guilty one on the day of vengeance. He will not accept any ransom offered to buy him off from demanding full punishment. Nor will he be satisfied, though you offer him many gifts or bribes. So, We've got a couple of situations here. Wanting to be away from the immoral woman who would hook you or pull you in or draw you in. You know, that she basically would be acting as a prostitute. Maybe not always a prostitute, but an immoral woman who's acting in such a way. But then also, he goes on to talk about, you know, um, you don't want to mess with your neighbor's wife. You know, you don't want to commit adultery that way. You don't want to um, have that kind of sin. You don't want to commit that kind of uh, sin against your neighbor, against someone else. For, for the very, part of, partly, okay, at least partly, but mostly, I think, for the very reason that he mentions here, the jealousy of the husband is going to be great. And if you think about it, when we are that angry, when we are that riled up against someone who has wronged us so, and notice a lot of times I, you may not—I mean, you may not think about this—and it doesn't say this here, but a lot of times this ends up being friends, friends and family who you know who cheat with each other's wives, you know, or each other's husbands. You can you can switch this either way, but nonetheless. The wronged person, the wronged husband or wife they're not going to want to spare the guilty party at all or guilty parties. They're not going to accept any kind of ransom or payment or whatever. They're going to be so wronged and so angry and so and and justifiably so a lot of it. They're going to be so enraged that they're not going to accept any any kind of Ransom. they're not going to be satisfied with that. And there's no telling, you know, they're not going to want to spare you know, the people that have wronged them because they're going to feel that hurt and that wrong deeply. And jealousy also can come into the picture and that can be really bad. So these are the things we really need to make sure we avoid as far as this goes. We need to make sure we stay away from anything even close to this and not not be involved in any adultery if we do i mean really if we do find ourselves in such a such a case um which we shouldn't as christians we really shouldn't but i know we're not perfect then you know we've got to turn around and we've got to beg for forgiveness from god and from the people we've wronged you know in every way and distance ourselves from that and get away from that and you know um you can wreck your life and other people's lives it it really makes a big mess and it really hurts people and it hurts their uh it hurts them in every way when things like that occur there is no there is no good way to get around that it hurts people uh, emotionally and mentally and it does hurt them spiritually too it's really really bad and that's why there's i think that's why there's such a stress on not being sexually immoral and not being involved with your neighbor and your friends and your, you know, family members, you know, wives and things that can cause so much trouble. And that goes both ways. That goes for women not being involved with you know, other people's men either. So or both, you know, or two also. So So that is Proverbs six. I don't know why I just felt I, I was reading that and I just felt like that was an important thing to read and look at um, a lot of practical advice here, a lot of good practical advice that we need to make sure of that we follow in our daily lives to uh, you know stay away from stay away from committing ourselves to things that will get us in trouble you know and then, also, you know, you know, don't be lazy and just lay around and think that everything's going to be taken care of for you. You need to, you know, you need to make some efforts yourself. You know, don't be a, a shifty con or evil person in that sense. Um, don't be someone who devises evil and is swift to run to evil. And don't be someone who's full of pride that, uh, you know, you believe that you are better than others and, you know just full of that haughtiness as it said and then don't be caught up in other people's you know sexual immorality don't be attracted to that guy or girl that wants to draw you off you know into the darkness and and don't don't fall for that you know you will not get away unscathed from those things It's it's terrible and and especially don't you know don't do these things with your friends and your family and your neighbors, you know, uh these people that are closer to you. That that uh that that's where the opportunities come up the most times and that's that's what gets us into trouble with those types of things. So that is Proverbs six. I wanna thank you for listening. I hope you have a wonderful day. Uh remember God loves you.